0: you Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, the host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to discuss a video game that is special to them and why. And on the show, we talk as much about what made playing the game fun and special and what our guests loved about it as we will about the context of how and when they fell in love with it for the first time. A little bit of housekeeping up top is if you're on social media, you should check us out. Give us a follow, say hello, like our little posties. You can find us on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game, but just the one Y. So that's B Y O U R. There, you can keep up with the show. You can see uh, what beautiful art I make every week for the guests from a template that I have prepared uh, and learn about our guests and how you can support them. You can also, if you want to support the show, rate and review us on Apple podcasts that always helps our visibility. And I think it has been about three episodes in a row that I have said, and we got a new review. So I'm going to read it on the show. And by the time uh, I introduce our guest, I always forget, but it's not going to happen. I'm going to remember this time. Uh, So if I can actually pull that up, great, I've got it. Uh, We will do that after I introduce our guest, and I won't forget. Um, you can also share the show with a friend, whether they love this specific game or video games in general. And of course, you can check us out on Patreon. We're at patreon.com supernpcradio, which is our little indie podcast network with a ton of free content and then a bunch of bonus stuff as well, including a monthly uh, Call Me By Your Game co-op, which is basically a book club uh, look at a game coming up next. In fact, the week after this episode will be an episode on recently released Deathloop, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, All right, that's it for the housekeeping. And I can finally introduce our wonderful guest from today. He has bombarded us on the Super NPC Radio Network, being on multiple shows at this time, both Legend of Zelda Games Club, Video Games and Comedy Show, the all-vehicle specialist and co-host of Super Gamer Boys, Adrian Holmes. Welcome to the show. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Connor. Thank you for having me.
0: You bet. Uh, thank you for being here and taking the time. Uh, yeah, you've been on. At this point, you're on both the DS Zelda Games Club episodes and our uh, Nintendo Direct wrap up episode with uh, Jeremy and Patrick.
1: Yep. Man, so, uh, that, was, that one was so fun. <laughs> all, of, all of them were were a blast, but
0: just our energy in that re- in that Nintendo recap was so good. That was really fun. I'm glad you had a good time. Like those are those always they allow for for something like that but hey we gotta still make it happen as the as the podcasters
1: yeah yeah absolutely Um, right
0: but i already said well we met that's basically literally how we met but we actually have mutual friends uh from the normcore gaming uh twitch channel my good friend eddie and stephanie and i'm sure we're probably follow a lot of the same people in that little community Mm -hmm. so that's sort of how we know each other um but yeah, I mean
1: I mean you, that's part of the story. You 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 forgot, you know, we met um at actually at a ship port uh in Hyrule.
0: Of course. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember uh, cuz we were we were getting on, we were you know trying to get passage on Lineback ship and
0: Yes. You know,
1: that whole thing when the pirates attacked but You know, it must be figured the it out.
0: the scurvy's getting into my head. <laughs> I uh for must have forgotten that. This is true. Um but you, I mean, I've already said you're the host, uh, co-host of Super Gamer Boys. But you can talk about that show. What else do you want to share with the listeners about yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, I am part of the Super Gamer Boys trio. Uh, we do a video game news podcast, and we've actually been streaming uh, three days a week this month for Dang. Halloween. So we've been doing, uh, we've been doing uh, spooky games. So Ooh. we've been doing a little bit of, uh, you know, your Outlast some little nightmares in there. Oh, wow. um, Some phasmophobia. Just a whole bunch of different things just to kind of keep the, the creepy vibe going. So that's been really fun. Um, and I also, from time to time, do my own little Twitch stream thing here and there. Uh, it's been a little tough to keep that more consistent just because yeah. I do work and I have the Super Gamer Boy stuff. But whenever I can find the time, I'll hop in there and do a little something.
0: That's awesome. I know what that feels like to the point where... I don't think I've streamed in like a month and a half or two months. I, It's it's really my, my consistency has gone downhill. What is your Twitch channel? And then what's the Super Gamer Boys Twitch channel?
1: So my Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash homeboy. That's H-O-L-M-B as in boy, O-I. And the Super Gamer Boys channel is twitch.tv slash the Super Gamer Boys. I don't know awesome. what... Street fight we lost that we couldn't get the Super Gamer Boys <laughs> Twitch channel, but we had to make do with what we had. So,
0: well, you know what, uh, listeners, go give go give both of those channels a follow. Check out those streams. Uh, we can plug whatever we want throughout the show, but I'll, I'll also leave a point at the end and put some links in the show notes as well. So don't uh, be shy about the plugging, uh, Adrian. Feel free. Um,
1: right on. So it, it was. It's a little tough, but I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, you, I don't know.
1: It's hard to to to. I, it feels like, I know it's not bragging, but it feels like bragging, and it's just yeah. that's
0: not my style. You know, I feel you. It's hard to get. It's hard to get past that when it's like, oh, just everyone wants to hear about your stuff, but you feel that way about it, which is how I feel most of the time too. <laughs> right. Um. So was there anything else you want to share about yourself? Or did you basically do it for us there?
1: Uh, that was pretty much it as far as
0: my podcast stuff goes. On. I love it. Um, Well, killer. So before we get into your personal history of video games, would you mind telling the listener what game we're going to discuss for the main event later?
1: We are covering the Nintendo 64's best kart racer. And if that wasn't (laughs) enough
0: of an indicator, we're talking about Diddy
1: Kong Racing today.
0: There's no shots to be fired, but one might say shots have been fired.
1: I mean, you can call it that. It's also been, you know, facts have been explained. Facts have been <laughs> conveyed. Shots fired. Same difference.
0: Hey, well, I'm proud of you. We know what corner you're in. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this game. It's going to be a blast. And yeah, 89 episodes in, it's, it's actually crazy. There's a bunch of, like, incredible top-tier Nintendo games that we still have not even touched. So I'm glad you got this one. Um, yeah. But aside from that game would you mind uh just telling me your just a general history of y- your relationship with games for for starters i'd kind of like to know do you remember was there like a moment in your life where you took an interest in gaming for the first time or like a game or was were they just always around
1: so the super nintendo and i share a birth year we were we were both in 91 Oh, happy
0: birthday! Um,
1: <laughs> uh, and um, I would basically say I, I came up like you were saying with them always around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, m- some of my earliest memories are watching my dad. He was a he, he well, was is a huge fan of the original Zelda for NES.
0: Oh, nice! And
1: they used to do uh, shift work. They were operators, so we would be up early in the morning because they oh, would yeah. have to go to work at that time but I always remember he would try to sneak in just like a little bit of a dungeon or two before they had to go off to work. (laughs) So I got to see him do that. And my fondest memory, which is probably why super Nintendo and Sega Genesis are my two all time favorite consoles is I remember my dad and I, we both used to play altered beast together. Wow. That game. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, it's a bad game. It's a bad port. It's all this and that. But, that game holds such a special place in my history and my, you know, memory, just because yeah. of that's what I associate that with is playing that game with my dad. So that's and that's kind of he is the main reason that I am as into video games today as I am. Dang. He opened that door for me. So,
0: wow. Is he uh, still does he still play games? Is that still an interest of his, too?
1: Yeah, he's actually um, playing uh, Metroid Dread right now. That's another one of his uh, really big favorites he's been playing since day one. So he was there for the original Metroid and he's played them all the way up until Dread. So he's been waiting on this one a while, just like we all have.
0: Wow, he uh, really set a good example for all of us. It's incredible. (laughs) Um, that That is very cool and very special. I don't often hear about people who have that sort of relationship with their parents in video games. So... Uh, congrats is what I'll say. That sounds really awesome. Um, what are some... So after this point, so you're playing games together. What are some games that maybe uh, were games that you had maybe a little ownership over or were like, oh, this is my game. and Or were you always sort of playing with him? Um,
1: games that I particularly had ownership over. I would definitely say... Um, Final Fantasies Ooh. were were mine. Um, he played maybe the first one or two, and yeah. then that was pretty much where he dropped off on those. Um, mm-hmm. But Final Fantasy X, I feel like, is one of my like all time Hall of Fame. I don't care what you think about that. Ten two is just as good as ten to me. I don't Ooh. I will not hear anything <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> no slander here. It is it is a um I always tell one of my co-hosts on Super Gamer Boys, look, it's a it's a a package deal. You have to take one with the other. <laughs> yeah. You don't just get 10, you gotta take ten 2 It's one yes. whole experience. Um that That's is a really incredible. huge one. A lot of square, I feel like. Um yeah. because I'm a huge, 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 huge Kingdom Hearts fan. So yes, congratulations, um, by the way. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I was just getting ready to say, um, I've I don't know. I think you caught a couple of my tweets, but yes. I had a complete meltdown that morning. <laughs> I woke up my entire house screaming when it happened. Yeah. Like they were so confused. Like, are you okay? Did you have a nightmare? And I was like, No, I had quite the opposite of
0: one. <laughs> yes. No, my life has been fulfilled at this point. Right. <laughs> um of course with the announcement of sora for smash what a like as someone who has played about a quarter of one kingdom hearts game i can still really appreciate how special that was and it really felt like as good of a final character and as like fulfilling as an addition as was possible considering that no one's ever going to be not everyone's always going to be happy it seemed like it was just so great
1: this was the one that I have definitely seen the least amount of pushback from hmm. people who didn't like him or who who wanted another character. Yeah. They were it, most of it was well, I kind of wanted Chief or I kind of wanted Dante or I kind of wanted, you know, X character, but I can understand the magnitude of Sora so I'm excited for people who are excited. That's what I saw more so than, oh my God, another, another anime character, another this, another that. Yeah. So that's how big of a deal
0: Sora was. That's awesome. And I mean, we're recording this on uh, the day before that, that drops. Are you going to uh, like boot that up and play a bunch of Sora tomorrow? As soon as I get home from work. Are you kidding? Oh, making me proud with each <laughs> sentence. Uh, Well, Hey, congrats. That is cool. And just a really amazing moment in gaming. And, man, I love those presentations and I have been invested in maybe a third of the characters. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I just love Sakurai so much at this point, man. Like it's so too, special.
1: But part of loving somebody is giving them that tough love. And I, oh, yeah. every time I, I tweet at him, I'm like, you need to sit down. <laughs> you need to go somewhere. You need to sit down. You need to rest your wrist, yes. rest your brain. You need to, you're done
0: with yeah, Smash. He, he, this he is it. a Ten year vacation, right? This um. is
1: it. You can go, and you want to make another Kirby game, you go do it. You want to make a Kid Icarus game, go do it. But Smash, you have twenty years on this series. You've made one of the biggest games in games history. You're
0: good. You've yeah. proven
1: your point. You For can real. go and sit down. You can rest now.
0: I feel like that's you just giving him like helpful life advice at this point. Is like you could I use guess, a little R and R, Sakurai. <laughs> a
1: little R? No, he needs a lot
0: of R and R. Um. That's so cool. So you... Sorry, I got off, us off track, uh, but you were talking about your... You're just like big square person. Obviously, you love the Kingdom series. Oh, absolutely. Series.
1: Um, Star Fox 64... Nice. ...is a really um, monumental game in my history. That was the one Eddie talked about on the show. Yeah, Eddie is a huge, huge... Just like me, a huge fan of Star Fox 64. Yeah. Um, God, it's so hard to condense all the
0: games that you've played. Especially you know, as a big gamer, like like, with so it like feels like you're leaving out part of your history. Almost. I am, because as soon as we get done here, I'm going to be
1: like, oh my God, how did I not say X, Y, and Z?
0: You're going to get a text message from Sna- Solid Snake that's like, wow, Adrian, I can't believe you forgot me. <laughs> uh, kept waiting. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. Thank you. Yeah, but no pressure. We're um, you yeah. have so much time.
1: There's a lot of N64 ones. Uh, Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh yeah, is my favorite Mario Kart. Um, yeah, I, so I good. I am, am fully aware that Mario Kart Eight is the best Mario Kart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just because of the advancements and inclusion of new mechanics and things like that. But yeah. as far as a solid. Fun Mario Kart experience. I don't think they have top double dash yet. Uh, that is definitely one. Uh, Undertale. Oh yeah. Is in my opinion a master class in character writing. Wow. Uh, I. It is very hard to make characters feel like they end up being family at the end of a game, hmm. and I think Toby nailed that. And, and it's he, he did it easy, more easily than most any other independent or big AAA developer has done in maybe recent history. Wow. Um, and that may only be rivaled by another one I have, which is Persona 4. I oh. think the characters in Persona 4, I remember I definitely shed a few tears. So the end of Persona 4 sees you so it, I should probably step back. So the beginning, you play as the main character. You come to a town that you don't really know, but your uncle lives there. You go to stay with your uncle and you end up befriending a bunch of people who live in the town. And, you know, over the course of game, you you become friends, you go on adventures together, you fight giant bosses, all this different kind of stuff. And at the end, it, it's just like the beginning. You get on the train to go back home and all your friends are running after the train oh. and man i was just the, the tears were just a coming oh my man gosh. Uh, it was so so emotional uh but it's very hard to make characters that you can get that attached to and i always take note when somebody is able to do it on a very yeah. high level dang um I could I could talk all day about yeah. we just you know as stuff comes to mind, but I know we only got so much time, so I don't want to hold you up.
0: Hey, you're not holding me up at all. Uh, here's I got I do have I have two questions. We can spend as much time as we want them as uh, on them as we'd like. The first question is, even though you are you know gaming's a big part of your life, uh, you are have put a lot of your energy into not just gaming but gaming content lately. Have you had a point in your life where you had sort of a, not necessarily a break, but maybe a drought in your gaming enjoyment or anything like that?
1: Um, I think the longest period that I wasn't regularly playing games was when I was in school. Mm. But that was because I was in school and I was working a part-time job at the same time and that really took up the majority of my time I still managed to make sure that I got some kind of time in for games Mm -hmm. just because it's such a core part of you know my existence at this point (laughs) so (laughs) I didn't want to detach myself completely from it I I you know I would listen to podcasts yeah, I would make sure that I caught the big games that people want. You know the unmissable things, the milestone yeah. games at the time. But that would probably be the amount where I played games the least would sure. be when I was in in college.
0: Where did you go to school, and also where are you from? If I you am, want to dox yourself,
1: <laughs> I will. I will. I'm in the <laughs> Bay Area. Oh, and really? I went to um, a college that was about a half hour away from where I live. Wow. And I got my degree in uh graphic design and illustration.
0: Oh, nice going, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Uh I'm from uh like Eddie, I'm from Modesto, California. So, okay. so not you'll that he-
1: far away from me. No.
0: Which you'll hear Modestans say they are from the Bay and that's how you know you're dealing with a liar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we are from You guys the are Central you're Valley. adjacent. How about that? Yes. I'll give you adjacency.
0: Yeah. Uh but that's that's really cool. Um Uh, fellow Californian uh so okay that's cool the next question and really the last one I have for this portion is have there been a couple games in recent memory uh maybe even the last year or two that have uh that you've really enjoyed or that have been you thought have been particularly impactful for you hmm and even narrowing that might be tough, because we're in a pretty nice age of games.
1: I was going to say, a lot of stuff really has been hidden lately. Um, Celeste. Oh, yeah. I think is a phenomenal game. I think the story is really well done, with the mountain being the allegory for, uh, for Madeline's mental health journey. And mm-hmm. the fact that the gameplay is so masterfully done. The way that yeah. those two intertwine uh, and then accompanied by a incredible soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that wrapped up together is just an awesome, awesome, awesome project. I love that one. Um, Resident Evil 8, I thought was really good. Ooh. I thought it was an excellently done Resident Evil game. And that's saying something because 7 was really good too. Yeah. So for 8 to trump that. I would love to see... I can't wait to see if they're going to do DLC for 8 or if they're going to go and just do 9 because I got to know where that story is going.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah.
1: Those those are like maybe within the last, I guess, two, three years yeah. would be the highlights. And I know just a, just a special shout out to Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, Mario Odyssey, I was saying that I think is the equivalent of if you were to mainline just straight video game joy yes that game is is so it makes you feel so good and so happy when you play it and i know for a fact that i got choked up at the the new donk city the big parade
0: oh my god and just
1: seeing all the fanfare for mario and seeing that you know even though there's a new young team that's taken on this project they still understand the gravity of the situation they have that reverence for Mario and it shows just how much impact that he's not only had on video games but had on people yeah and that the people who played the old games now get to show their appreciation and their love and just and the fact that video games are just so cool man and the way that they
0: affect people yeah, what a moment that was in that game. And it's, like, not even maybe halfway through. And actually, if you if you even consider the uh, the back half of the game and all the moon stuff, the, like, darker side and whatnot. Oh, like,
1: man, darker side of the moon, oh. the, the end of the game where I, I don't want to... Well, I mean, it's been four years Feel now. Feel free, yeah. Just the part where you never thought that Mario and Bowser were going to have to team up to get uh-huh. off of the moon and just... The way that, that it ended, it ended like it was a big movie. And it's just yeah. like, ugh. You guys did it, man. You you did. You, that team did so good. I can't wait to see what their next project is. Hopefully, it's that Donkey oh. Kong game that was, that's was that been rumored. I'd love to see them take on
0: DK. That would be really cool. Man, I still am blown away that we got that and Breath of the Wild the same the year same that the Switch year. launched. Like, that was... I mean, we'll be lucky to ever have something like that again, I feel like. Uh, I think they probably were like, we need this to sell or we're done. Right. And so we're going to pull out,
1: out. <laughs> all the stops. You throw that 3DS in the garbage. You're making Zelda. You throw that <laughs> Game Boy in the, that, that DS. Put it up. You're making Mario. Yeah. And we need them out 2017. That's Gosh. exactly what happened.
0: And it worked. Uh, Well, dude, thank you for sharing. Uh, Not only sort of like, you know, the uh no pun intended the genesis of your video game uh history and then uh, a little bit of your journey and some uh recent ones for you too uh that's fantastic we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we'll discuss uh, all things to become racing so adrian i will see you on the other side you got it <laughs> Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here with Adrian Holmes to discuss Diddy Kong Racing. Adrian, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Of course. Um, And like I told you before the show, uh, I'm just going to share a little brief history and context about this game to maybe catch up a listener who may not be familiar with this wonderful, wonderful kart racer. Um... And if you want to interrupt or or include anything or interject, please do. I'll I'll leave space for that too. But hey, cut me hey, off if you gotta. Go for it. Preach the good word, my brother. All right, here we go. So, Diddy Kong Racing is a somewhat open world racing game developed by Rare for the Nintendo sixty four in nineteen ninety seven. The game is set on Timbers Island and revolves around Diddy Kong and his friend's attempt to defeat the intergalactic antagonist, a wizarding pig named Wizpig, through winning a series of races. How does that is that check out so far? We're on are we on good standing here? So far.
1: Um, okay. Whew. I just want to double check before you get a little further. Is there yes. a story portion? Do they explain what the story of the game is?
0: um let's see are we gonna actually this is probably a really good time to do that do you want to okay. talk about it a little bit
1: i can please so uh like you mentioned the island or the the mainland that the the game ta- takes place on is timber's home timber is one of the characters that's in diddy kong racing and this all takes place when timber's parents decide to go on vacation with members <laughs> of the kong family because this happens, you know, they share the same universe. Yes. So while Timber's parents are gone, Whizpig comes down. He starts to terrorize Timber and his gang. And Timber writes a letter to Diddy saying, hey, Whizpig has given us the business. Mm -hmm. Do you think you can come over and help us out so we can get this guy out of here? And that's when Diddy comes in and they all work together and they decide, okay, one of us has to be able to take whisk pig down but that's when you're basically how should i say your guide or your menu your your fairy godfather yes uh uh taj the genie who is also an elephant <laughs> i don't ask questions <laughs> who, don't don't think a, too hard about it
0: who's he decides
1: the best way to figure out who would be able to take out whisk pig would be to hold a series of races Gotcha. And whoever comes out on top would be the one that goes to race Whispeak to get him out of here.
0: Okay, they're like the re- they're the representative. Right. It's like a it's a tournament to see who is like the Space Jam participant on Correct. Uh that's awesome. Uh the like one of the things I actually uh, this is a game that I got a couple years ago. Um I still have stuff to share, but I did want to share this part. I got this a couple years ago. Barely ever got to play it as a kid. I never had it, um, but it's fantastic. And one of the only things I do remember is uh, is about Taj that it's it's a he's sort of a he's a controversial character because I it's like a white guy yeah, doing an a- doing an accent, uh, classic '90s uh, voice acting. That's what acting I was going to say.
1: Is, yeah, this was like twenty something years ago. So. Yeah,
0: it's like go go figure. That flew um, easy back then. Oh yeah, uh, anything people were uh, were handing out awards for it, <laughs> right? Um, But So thank you for giving us that story, Lowdown. That's incredible. Um, There's some really interesting stuff in there in general. Uh, The game itself features five worlds with four racetracks each and the ability to drive a car, hovercraft, or pilot an airplane. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing received critical acclaim upon release. And the graphics, audio, and gameplay were the most praised aspects of the game, with minor criticism what does this mean directed at the game's repetition what do you think as a as someone who's played a lot is it just like they didn't they didn't know it was going to be a bunch of races
1: right that's <laughs> yeah. i mean that's what you do in a racing game you race they keep having have, me race but there's so many we'll get into it later on but there's so many variations in how you can do this yeah. i don't understand how it would get repetitive for somebody
0: but yeah especially with like even just like the addition of well the inclusion of three different modes of transportation. Right. That's adds a lot in itself. Um, the game sold nearly 5 million copies uh, and making it as Ni- the Nintendo 64's eighth best-selling game of all time. Uh, a sequel named Donkey Kong Racing was in development for the GameCube. Rest in was peace. RIP. The game that we saw that still, I have my, I still have my GameCube box and it's on there it's on there donkey yep, it's I think on he's mine like, yep <laughs> I think he's riding like the ostrich from yeah. those oh, games. Oh man!
1: and there was a short trailer of it too when they first ever were demoing the yes. the gamecube they showed that uh that little snippet of it that they had it in progress
0: yes Ah, uh, what could have been um yeah it was basically after microsoft purchased rare mm-hmm. um in 2002 uh an enhanced remake of this game for the Nintendo DS titled Diddy Kong Racing DS was released worldwide in early 2007. Is that a game that you've ever played? I actually own it and I oh. greatly dislike it. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> reminds me of, I feel like the the way that I hear people discuss that game has been similar to how like there's like a Yoshi's Island game on DS, kind of a similar thing I want to say as far as the reception goes.
1: I, I guess, but the only thing that, to me, that Diddy Kong Racing DS has over the original is it is graphically on a on a better level. Yeah. But other than that, everything else is pretty much worse for wear. The music is worse. They had to take characters out because of the licensing issues with mm. Rare and Nintendo.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it's just all, all across the board, it was a downgrade other than visually. And yeah. that really sucks because some of the not some of the soundtrack to this game is so well done and to have it reduced so Mm. much to to whatever whoever they got to do it is almost like an insult because you i know that the ds can produce better sound than we got for that soundtrack (laughs) so what was the deal here why did they cut that down
0: yeah, that stinks. Uh, well, I was I was just curious if you had played it, and turns out you own it, and you know, you know a lot about it. Um, incredible. Well, did you have anything else that you felt like including as some like really important history and context uh, f- for people on this game? Um, historical context. And I mean, that was a perfectly good
1: answer. Historical context? No. Uh, history revisionist answer that everybody should be saying is that it was better than Mario
0: Kart. But other than that, not much. There we go. Um, and for you, I know you've made it clear that that's your stance, uh, and I'm sure it's obvious to some listening out there, but for those who may not understand, what do you like? And we're going to get into your history with this game, and if this has to do with it, you can tell me to hold off, but where does it stand tall, taller than Mario Kart 64? Uh, in your mind all right so graphically
1: Diddy Kong Racing outshines Mario Kart in every single way the courses are much more involved and much better designed there's multiple pathways that you can go through the fact that there's three different vehicle types to Mario Kart's one adds a huge amount of variety Mm -hmm. There's an entire story mode that you can go through, an adventure mode that takes you to different areas. And you don't only race, there's different um, objectives that you have to complete. There's boss battles, there's all these different other kinds of things within that. The only thing that stands up to Diddy Kong Racing, admirably, is the soundtrack. Mario Kart 64 soundtrack is awesome. Yeah. And it's just as good as Diddy Kong Racing, but on any other front, it's there, there's no contest.
0: It's uh, it's tough, like because I love Mario Kart sixty four, and that's yeah, the,
1: right. That's not a diss to Mario Kart sixty four. Mario Kart sixty four is great, yeah, but at the same time, it's just not as good as Diddy Kong Racing.
0: Totally, and I think you know it's fair to even look at sixty four Mario Kart sixty four and and say and even in a vacuum and be like, Oh, there's room for improvement here. Like, I don't know how I feel about these, uh, these like JPEG sprites that are just rolling around this track. And the
1: polygons are really rough in that game.
0: Yeah. The, uh, and you know, the limited content is, is a big deal. Like, so yeah, so good. Thank you for, thank you for, uh, spreading the good word. Uh, (laughs) I appreciate that. Let's sort of use this as an opportunity to get into your history with the game. I would like to begin on if you remember when this game sort of came into your life.
1: So I don't know if you ever received them, but Nintendo used to send out these VHS tapes where they would do like a goofy little promotional short movie thing. Like they did one for star Fox 64 and they did a couple of other ones and they did one for Diddy Kong 60 or Diddy Kong racing and I remember us getting that tape and I remember putting that in and I had no idea that they were doing this and or that they were making this game. So I put it in and it starts off with the news report about there's going to be a Diddy Kong adventure and they have all these correspondents that are supposed to be like there in oh, on the island funny. as everything is going down <laughs> and they show you all the different kind of tracks and they show you like Diddy in a plane and Timber in a hovercraft and all this other different kind of stuff. And I remember watching that and thinking, I have to play this. And then they showed that it was four player, of course. Um, After that, I kind of knew that I was in. Yeah. (laughs) They got you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did not get it immediately. I did not own it immediately, but I had a very, very close friend at the time not at the time he's still a very good friend of mine now Um, but this took place at the time when we were still young Mm. I went over to his house and he actually did own it and uh, so this was like it was brand new at the time you know cutting edge top of the line all that Mm. and we must have played that game the entire weekend that I was over there it was yeah He had a couple of other friends over there and and I was over there and we did the four player thing and just went at it the whole time. And let me tell you, there's nothing like seeing being in a cart and seeing somebody overhead in a plane (laughs) (laughs) and then seeing somebody like hopping across the water part of the same stage in a hovercraft and just everybody trying to figure out the best way because there's different pathways for planes than there is for cars than there is mm-hmm. for hovercrafts and just all that organized chaos is so fun and that's just something that no other kart racer was doing at the same
0: time that's incredible that it like you said it just earlier it just adds so much variety to the gameplay and to what's possible and replayability because yeah. in so many ways as much as fun as it is to replay, i've replayed so many racers a bunch of times but that is huge. Uh that is so cool also just hearing about you share about the group of you playing that. It's like, oh man, those are the days of our lives right there. Those uh, are the best times.
1: What I would give to
0: go back, man. Truly, I think I now, you know, luckily being on you know, we're not on the other end of the pandemic, but being that like we have pretty decent access to vaccinations in this country, it's been Nice that over the last handful of months, like six months or so, I've been able to actually get together with friends again in person and play games. But even still, I feel like it's tough. It ends up being like, oh, we play games for like 45 minutes and then we just hang out or we eat food or so, man.
1: See, that's why I am such a huge proponent of the Switch. Yes. Um, I am that girl from the uh, from the uh the original reveal trailer who brought the switch to the party and sets it up on the rooftop and lets everybody come and play those are some of the most fun moments i'll never forget when the switch first came out and i used to work at a tap room okay and on my breaks i would come and i would set it up on the biggest table in the in the tap room and like Two of our regular friends and one other co-worker will yeah. come and sit down next to me and they're like, all right let's go let's you know turn on the Mario Kart, let's get it going <laughs> And it's all four of us crowded around this tiny little switch screen playing four player Mario Kart and just laughing our heads off man it, it it's, it's uh, there's nothing like actually yeah. playing games it's... with this with the people in the same space. Playing online and playing together is is a great time, but there's something about yes. the energy of the other people actually being there. And that's something that you just cannot get anywhere else. And that's why I'm such a big fan of the Switch, because you can literally yes. make that same experience happen anywhere, anytime. It doesn't, you know, oh, uh, you know, you see an old friend or you're at a party and Oh, we're only gonna yeah. be here for 30 minutes. So that's enough for a quick race. Let me bust it out. Absolutely. And here we are, and we're going, you know? So and that's the energy that Diddy Kong Racing provided at that time. And if you get the right people to, to, together today, still provides today.
0: Totally. So Yeah. We actually I have when I played this a few a couple years ago after I got it, we had uh some friends, there was like this crazy GameStop sale where if you bought two N64 games, I think you got the third one free. free. Uh Do you, know you familiar with these sales yeah, that they occasionally do? Absolutely. And I got like, I don't remember the third game, but I got Diddy Kong Racing and Perfect Dark. Ooh. Games I didn't, didn't own as a kid. Yeah. Pretty good. That's a good right one-two
1: combo right there. That's a good weekend.
0: Oh, it was awesome. And for my birthday that year, I, my birthday's in November. Mm-hmm. Um, like we had a, bu- I had a bunch of people, we, a bunch of friends and I always do this like yearly, like, Hey, uh, none of us want to just celebrate ourselves. So like five of us organize, like e- everyone meet at this bar and we'll hang out and get drinks. But before that I had like maybe 10 friends over just to play video games for like hours. Mm-hmm. And we played Diddy Kong racing for a decent amount of time. And with actually with Jeremy, uh, and oh man, it was awesome getting to like, sort of not exactly live what you know you got to live through, but it was pretty cool. But that's
1: you, you got the essence of it. You got that spark yes. of it and it's just unmatched. It's unmatched. Yeah.
0: Um so about this game, you've sort of you've given us a lot of little previews, but uh what are some things about the game that stand out most to you or that you know that like really drew you in?
1: Definitely the scope of it. Mm -hmm. overall i don't think i've ever played i don't remember if this came before ct no i think crash team racing came like right after this one if i'm not mistaken okay so this was the first racing game that ever had this expanded adventure mode and the characters were voice acted and Mm -hmm. there was objectives to do there was different lands you could go to it i had never experienced anything like that in a racing game before so that is the first thing that stuck out to me. And the second thing was how, and I know I might get flamed for it today, but how visually stunning that game was at the time. Mm-hmm. The fact that yeah. it was fully 3D, the environments were 3D, 3D the characters were 3D, there was effects on the on the racetracks themselves like if you go to the volcano track the little lava plumes will come up out of the out of the floor yeah or anything like you know birds flying overhead if you were in a plane you could run into them just different stuff like that yeah Uh, and uh, the biggest standout of course like I was saying is the different methods of transportation
0: yeah definitely
1: that I don't think had been done before in a game at that level where there's three different ways to play a course and they all feel totally different from one another. And so you're in essence creating three different racing games at the same time, which is a Herculean effort, but they pulled it off.
0: Yeah. Do you, uh, as someone who has much more experience with this game, is when you play or played growing up, Is there a mode of transportation that you're like, oh, this is actually what I usually lean on? Or does it really vary from like course to course for you?
1: Um, I mean, my bread and butter is the cart, of course, but if you want to make it more fun, then you'll pick something that is not your, your main vehicle. So like I, I had friends who were, oh man, I'm a beast in the plane. I even had one <laughs> maniac that was like, there's no way you're smoking me in my hover cart because I can do the little the little dash turn. There's
0: always one of those. It's
1: always one. But <laughs> those were the most fun is when you get out of your comfort zone and hmm. everybody is on, the, on edge because it's such a foreign experience and you're all trying to figure out the best way to be number one in something that you never normally do. But none of them ever felt like, if you pick this, you automatically lose. Sure. Like you always had a chance to win no matter which cart you were in. So that balancing act was really well done to make everything a viable
0: option. That's awesome. Okay. That gives me a good idea. Awesome. Uh, course-wise, you were saying like the scope of it uh, was great. Do you have any like favorite courses that you remember? Or also, I mean, we haven't even talked about the characters yet. But let's Let's just stick with courses because that's probably a whole can of worms. Any courses that stick out to you?
1: I mean, the first one, Jungle Falls, uh, Mm -hmm. is a great introductory course. It's just a lap around. You get to see, you know, what the game is all about. Like I was saying, there's elements. There's that big dinosaur that comes by that you have to race and you can go in between the feet. Yes. Uh, Otherwise, you run into him and you lose your speed. Um, I
0: I always usually run into
1: him. Um, Hot Top Volcano. Is another good one. That's a plane only course where you're mm. basically flying through the innards of a volcano. Wow. Um God. Oh my God. There's so many. There's um, I I don't know why I can't. It's icicle. It's the it's the snow stage where you're going through basically like a little European town in a sense, and it's mm-hmm. all lit up at night. Oh, that's you're, awesome.
0: You're going through that. Um, it's the midnight in Paris uh, <laughs> course yeah, Owen exactly. Wilson's also on the side so yeah he's, he's wow. watching you guys wow <laughs> as you, fly you guys by. go by yeah. <laughs> I could see him doing that <laughs> look at those hovercrafts wow <laughs> oh, uh, that
1: one's really good the uh, haunted woods one mm-hmm. is a nice cart but our, our hovercraft track uh, that has whiz pig ghost heads in it
0: Whoa. And, yeah
1: it's pretty it's pretty sick yeah um, thunder lightning all the scary elements you know like who was thinking to do oh let's do a horror theme track they're yeah. like okay fine let's do it um and all the music complements all these tracks really well because mm. they yeah. all have their own uh soundtrack to them and Damn.
0: it's just oh i could go on this game it, it's it's almost no surprise that they really pulled out all the stops it's rare really man put- they were unstoppable exactly. at this time yes Gosh, just the absolute heyday of rare. I'm uh, fair to assume you're you've you've dabbled in the banjo kazooies, the
1: banjos, the golden eyes, the perfect yeah. darks, the jet force geminis. I was there. Oh I, man, I, I got the that Universal Studios shirt that was like I was there. It says that on it,
0: <laughs> and it's just the rare logo underneath. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Um, okay, well, actually, that I hinted at it earlier so I almost jumped the gun character wise uh what do you have to share about the characters did you have your go-tos do you like them all Uh, um love to hear from you
1: definitely have my go-tos my go-tos were Conquer, Mm -hmm. Timber Diddy and
0: Crunch which one is Crunch is that
1: it was the he was the alligator or the Kremlin excuse me this is is Donkey Kong Universe he was a Kremlin (laughs) um fun fact about this is this game actually jumped the gun for banjo yes yeah uh banjo was supposed to come out in banjo kazooie before this game came out so that people would know who he was and then it'd be a whole big deal because it's a oh it's a crossover yeah but banjo kazooie ended up getting delayed so this came out first mm mm-hmm. um and they were originally before banjo kazooie came out they were going to have them speak in full sentences instead of the sounds that they make now. Yes. That's why when you pick banjo he says I'm banjo instead of just like go right. <laughs> stuff like that. So that's a that's a oh, fun fact. That's if, interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: I have a little I have a fun Factoid at the end of the episode that's like ties in all of this stuff, but I didn't know that that voice aspect of it that's incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's why he speaks in that full sentence.
0: I he also just sounds like a real normal guy. I'm Banjo, <laughs> uh, that is so funny. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, th- I would like to hear a little bit from you about the first player mode, the story mode in this game because this is a huge addition to this thing that. Obviously Mario Kart 64 didn't have and you almost never see from games like this at least that I can remember. What do you yeah. remember about it and what did you like about it?
1: Um so I guess it's mainly it was the ambition of it. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying earlier nobody had ever done anything like that before. Yeah. So introducing cutscenes where you meet your big challenge, you meet your big boss and you have now you have your objective you have almost an emotional reason as to why you want to finish this story mode because you want to help out timber yeah. and you want to help out everybody who lives on this island all the main characters so doing that um getting help from taj um going and beating all the challenges and meeting all the big boss characters that Wiz fig has employed and mm-hmm you know getting past them and you know them admitting that you're good when you beat them they're like (laughs) well done kid you got me here take your amulet you know that was always that was always a great feeling because those Uh, bosses man they were tough yeah they were tough but they did not give you any slack um that then then they had extra objectives on top of it where you would have to go back and do silver coins which is basically hey Play the course on hard and still come in first, and then you got to race the boss again, and they were even harder than the first time. Wow. So you really had to be on your A game, and and uh, and win. So you, you definitely really got your money's worth. Good you have to be game. a yeah. You have to pretty much be a pro at it, especially when you get to Wizpig himself. Yeah. If you don't know the mechanics of the game in and out, there's no way you're gonna win.
0: Gosh yeah i've i've like listened to people talk about that and watched videos on it and it is it's like oh you it's not something i could just jump into having such limited experience and a lot of mario kart experience i would have to play this for hours yeah um but by the time
1: you get through that's that's another good thing that adventure mode does is it it teaches you the ropes and it teaches you all the secrets to get really good at the game. Yeah. So if you play against other people who have also played the adventure mode, you know you're in for a good race.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's so cool. you,
1: by the end of the adventure mode, you're pretty much uh, I I don't want to say a pro, but you know your way around a, a cart or definitely. or a plane or a hovercraft. So
0: which which must always be said the three um <laughs> the, uh, the holy trinity for I've also heard this game it's probably from some of the videos I was watching leading up to it that it does it differs from Mario Kart in another sense and that is that y- you do need to probably be pretty good and that like the last place person isn't just going to be able to catch up with getting like the perfect item like a star yeah, or Yeah, there's no rubber banding. Games. You have yeah. to
1: you have to be good enough to get back up into whatever place that you know, back up into first, basically. So you got to mm. really know how to get your, hit your shortcuts, hit your boosts, use mm. your items, uh, you know, creatively and strategically. Otherwise you're not making it back up there.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah, like that, that it, it really does not hold your hand. You really need to be good.
0: Yeah. And, and that is a thing about the Mario Kart series that sometimes I love it. And other times I'm like, I haven't, skipped a beat here i've hit every boost i've used everything to perfection and wario and, is
1: still breathing down my neck how is this possible
0: yeah and i just i saw him get hit by like a three red shells at the beginning and then a bomb so yeah so it's so that's an int- really interesting unique aspect about this game that at least separates it um i feel like we've gotten to talk about the game a lot i would like to dive in to uh if we've To more of the context that you started to share about At the very beginning of this chat Um, I would Did you end up playing, was this like one weekend Where you were playing this like At your friends, did you play it with these people Moving forward What was, what do you remember about that context
1: So my Initial experience was That weekend with them Mm -hmm. uh, But I did have plenty of more Experiences where I did get to play it With two two or more people at a time Nice Um a lot of it was just me, but mm-hmm. that was fine because, like we were just saying, there was so much stuff for one person to do that it didn't matter if you were playing by yourself or if you were playing with four people. Yeah. You would definitely have things to do. Unlike, you know, with Mario Kart, you're just gonna race, yeah, and you're gonna race again. You can again, do it, and but you're gonna to race like, again.
0: Yeah, but okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Dang, that's interesting. About how about that first weekend? Do you like still remember your friend's house and like or or wherever they lived and like who was there with you?
1: I remember, of course, my friend. I don't remember his friends too well. Sure, but I remember there was. If I'm visualizing it, his TV was like over in the corner, kind of catty cornered over mm-hmm. there. Uh, the couch was behind us. He had one of those wraparound couches. You oh, know, nice. The ones that are, what are they? Like the sectionals, I guess yes. they're called. Yeah, that was behind us. And then the N64 was plugged up right in front of it on the floor. Mm-hmm. And we were all uh, cubbied around it like that with all our controllers. Wow. I remember
0: that. That's incredible. I love that. I love like taking that, a little step back into those those places. That mental stamp. Yeah. Um, oh, um, for you specifically, since that was really, you know, like you said, just one initial weekend, is there any important context for like your life or anything you remember that was meaningful to you that you wanted to share about like this sort of era or time you were playing this game?
1: Um,
0: in regards
1: to my own life, I think that this showed me that I love seeing people have a good time, mm-hmm. and I love having a good time with other people. And I think video games are my way of sharing that idea with people. So I, I sometimes I get the I get to be the butt of the joke that oh you you know, I always, I've I've gained the reputation that if you see me, there's about a 95% chance that I have my switch with me.
0: Yeah. Um, proud of you.
1: (laughs) But that's just because that is how I, that's how I prefer to bond with people is over those kinds of experiences. Mm -hmm. I'm not, of course, not averse to you know, uh, just sitting down, having a regular conversation, going to dinner, you know, all that jazz or, you know, going out to meet up somewhere, whatever other activity. But if I had my preferred choice, I'd love to sit down with somebody or a group of people and, hey, let's all, you know, play X game together. And I I just feel like that sense of camaraderie or competition really brings out the the true person, the one that's behind the the people presenting version of themselves that they mm-hmm. give and you kind of get a glimpse of who that person actually is because they get more comfortable they're having fun totally or you know they're so focused that they forgot to keep that persona up
0: yeah. you know so <laughs> yeah you it's i feel a v- very similarly about games and some i've been surprised at on occasion to play games with people that I didn't expect to or people's people that I think I have sort of pegged. And then you do see, like, uh, just a different side of them or maybe a side that opens up a little more. And like you said, isn't so much the people presenting uh, persona that we all might do at, at occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is so great. It's also just, like, such a nice, like, social lubricant at times. Right. Like, especially... I mean, you know, the more accessible, the the more that's possible. But even if you're playing at, at a game with, like, I don't know, a higher difficulty uh, threshold, like, you can still get that, and it's so fun. So that's, like, hearing you say that is, like, yeah, no wonder you chose this game, man, is because that's the kind of thing it does. Um, if we've gotten to talk about so much awesome stuff with, you know, how you feel about the game and your experience with it. Was there either anything... You didn't get to share about the game yet that you wanted to or uh if not would you mind just like wrapping up i mean you already wrapped it up but uh just let me know when you've gotten to share what you've shared because i've got some fun post show segments for you
1: oh for sure um i just i i'm just glad that we were able to talk about it today um, I know it sold a lot of copies, but I don't hear it brought up in conversation a whole lot these days. Mm-hmm. I hear Mario Kart 64 brought up because, granted, that was the bigger title. It was the Nintendo yeah. develop. It's Mario in it. I get it. But I really feel that Diddy Kong Racing is a very special game, especially for the first that it did, that it accomplished, the scale that it did, that that it had, so much that you could do, so much that was available for a player or for a group of players, and just its overall success and in, in its development that it accomplished its goal so well. Um, I don't think it gets enough praise for that, and I always think that it, it gets labeled as the second for lack of a better term, second banana or the B tier cart, cart racer. And I don't think it's that at all. I think it stands perfectly toe to toe with, with Mario Kart. Um, so yeah, uh, if you're listening to this, definitely see if you can pick up a copy. I don't think it's too crazy expensive for, for 64. Um, uh, I would love, if in this new announcement that the, that Nintendo did that they're doing um, the 64 games that they were to bring Diddy Kong Racing oh. to that, I would love to be able to access that anytime, anywhere.
0: There's that a little be hope. awesome.
1: Yeah, because we have because Banjo is there. Yeah, and they're really tight with Microsoft, so there's definitely a possibility it could happen.
0: I was just um, thinking that before you shared it. Uh, yeah. Man, that would be really cool. That'd that be would be a huge ad. That
1: would probably be the tipping point, because right now it's like 30 extra dollars is a lot for, yeah. for for that new expansion pass. But just because of what that particular, I mean, a lot of N64 games mean a lot to me, but just because of that one, that would be probably the thing that would tip me over and be like, all right, fine. Uh, you, yeah. you, you can have it.
0: You got me, Nintendo. Yeah yeah um well fantastic dude thank you so much adrian for sharing about what this game means to you and sort of the place it uh the it occupied in your life um that was awesome but before we go i've got a couple of fun post show segments to uh share with you and to go through uh before we head out um the first of which my friend is the fact me your game segment and this is just the part of the show where i share a couple fun facts uh with my guest about the game they chose these can be it could be development history secrets easter eggs uh all sorts of things cheat codes even so i've got a couple for you today which you sort of already you know you already laid out a lot of it for us Uh, i had this first fact titled and this comes actually from something i found from a did you know gaming video just it was about diddy kong but they had a little part about this game in it and i have this titled pro am racing 64 uh and that's because diddy kong racing wasn't originally a diddy kong centered game Mm -hmm. this actually happened late in development like you were saying um originally uh Banjo-Kazooie was slated to be Rare's, I think, Holiday 97 uh, release. And that way after, when Diddy Kong would get released, as you were already talking about Banjo's inclusion, we'd know who Banjo was. It'd be a much bigger deal. Um, But it was originally known as Pro-Am 64. Uh, And Timber the Tiger is already a huge part of this game. I mean, the story centers around Timber, but was going to be the primary character and also uh which i feel like you can still you know they could have reworked the story but i feel like you still see that in the story that you told us about today um and then they got to add like oh yeah and then he sends a letter to diddy right um so uh fear eventually uh when pro-am racing was looked to be left as rare's 97 holiday title uh fearing they needed needed more recognition for the game's characters they added diddy kong As the main character and rebranded the game accordingly. Um, It's also cool that that was like pre Conquer and Conquer's in there. Uh, Really interesting. And then Conquer just,
1: you know, ran into a whole series of setbacks before (laughs) Bad Fur Day, man. He's just.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Poor guy. Had a rough go. He really did. Uh, And you can tell when you see his character later. Uh, He's been through it. Um, That's it for that first one. The second one, uh, I have uh titled uh and I mean no sl- no slander, but this is my title for this more like Diddy Cone Racing and this is something that I found. Have you ever checked out any of the beta 64 videos?
1: I have. I watched that one on this game a long time ago, so it's still oh, super nice. fuzzy. So whatever um, you're going to tell me I'm probably going to be like, "Oh, I don't never heard that before," even though I probably did.
0: Yeah. So this uh Beta 64 for the listener is an incredible uh YouTube channel that this guy has where he sort of like is gets inside of the game and is able to take a look at how things uh work, how they're composed, how the game is actually functioning and also like all, like change camera angles to see behind stuff. It's you'll you'll understand when you see it. Right. But Beta 64 actually found some really interesting tidbits uh, in this Diddy Kong Racing video. The one I wanted to share was uh, we were talking earlier about how great the graphics are. The character models are awesome. It's really smooth, especially for an N64 game. Uh, and one way they were able to accomplish that is that um, the the characters model character models actually change depending on their proximity to the player, which might not be a surprise. It's kind of like, you know, in the Spyro games, the further away, like a, like the a worse it looks. Exactly. Um, but as you get closer, they add polygons or whatever they're doing to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks nice up front. So when a character in this game is far enough in front of the player, uh, the character is composed of only four polygons. Um, you should definitely take a look at this video again, because huh. what they end up looking like is a cone with no head so all you see it's just like the back of the character but the polygons they use from behind it looks fine it works (laughs) yeah but when you look at them from up front it's like really horrifying but it's awesome i gotta Uh, see that now (laughs) yeah so uh that's i think the first time i've even referenced beta 64 on the show so shout out to that it's a great channel check it out everybody um that's it for the factory by your game. I'll lead us into the final one, which is the game recommendations. Um, so Adrian, this is my one forced call, uh, callback to the movie Call Me By Your Name, which of which this podcast is named uh, so closely, similarly to. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to treat Diddy Kong Racing as your your passionate summer love that you eventually are going to move on from. Uh, and uh, And it's always interesting to see Who, when people go through a breakup, like, what kind of person they date next? Is it someone you would have never expected? Someone that's, like, pretty much exactly the same as the last person they were dating? Or who knows? Maybe something out of left field. So that's what these fun wrecks are based on. For you, another mascot racer. uh, But this one, uh, you are only using your feet. That is Sonic R. Do you know this game, the Sonic racing game from like the 90s?
1: That wouldn't happen to be the same Sonic R that has an incredible
0: soundtrack, would it? It's the same Sonic R, yes. <laughs> uh, so you've played this game.
1: I have heard of it. I've never got oh, a chance yes. to play it, but I have heard of it. And I I somehow ended up owning the soundtrack because Amazing. it's really good. And it doesn't fit that game at all.
0: <laughs> Not at all. I actually, I had this growing up because I had like a... A four disc, like Sonic game set from like Costco Mm -hmm. that included a few of the games. And then this was one of them. So I played the crap out of it. Uh, So that's the first recommendation. Uh, If Adrian, you need another N64 racer, uh, but with this one, you need a little more pod. Of course, we're talking about Star Wars episode one racer.
1: A certified classic.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, I still adore this game. Another game with like incredible voice acting. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars universe. Po- like, pod racing is awesome, and, and I still love this game.
1: I still say to this day that the people who make uh, the burnout games mm-hmm. should make a pod racing game. Oh. I don't know why Disney is not doing anything with that, but Criterion is just sitting there and they have all that Star Wars license and they're not doing anything with it. Like that burnout games are the closest to feeling like how a pod racer would feel. So yes. let's get that ball rolling, you know? Oh,
0: you heard it here first. Or maybe you've said it before. Who knows? I
1: I preach it just like I preach the good word of Diddy Kong.
0: Oh, I'm proud of you. <laughs> um your final recommendation, Adrian, uh, is if you need a game where the only thing racing is your heart. And it's on the N64. Of course, another rare title, we're going to recommend Goldeneye for you. Okay. Um, I'm sure you've had your time with this game or at least very familiar with it at the very least. As most people who
1: have owned an N64 have.
0: <laughs> yes. So we'll get that uh, that blood pumping, you know, turning around tight corners, looking for odd jobs. No, I was going to say
1: no odd jobs. No No odd jobs. Oh,
0: okay. No odd jobs this time. (laughs) Um, And that's the end of the game recommendations. And Adrian, that will actually bring us to the end of the show. Uh, So, dude, I definitely want to leave time for us to uh, plug stuff, but just want to say thanks again. Uh, So brave of you to come on the show, having met one time on Video Games, a comedy show, but it was so great having you. Uh, And thanks again, dude.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, This was a blast. I love being able to talk about... Uh, the Unsung Heroes that um, I love and definitely were a huge part of my gaming career coming up. Um, Yeah.
0: I love it, dude. (laughs) Well, uh, why don't you hit us with some plugs on the way out, even if you're repeating yourself. I'd love to know how the listeners can support you and what they should check you out on. Sure.
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much any social media at Homeboy. That's H-O-L-M-B-O-I. Uh, Like I was saying earlier, I'm a part of the Super Gamer Boys podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, at Super Gamer Boys, twitch.tv slash the Super Gamer Boys. And um, yeah, that's pretty much where I reside these days.
0: I love it. Uh, Like I said earlier, I'll include links to the show notes so listeners can just click and be right there. Um, Cool. Well, I'll close this out with some plugs of my own. Uh, The cover art. For call me by your game is of course done by glenn jay you can find him and his wonderful art on instagram at glenn dot jay uh you can like i've already said you can support us on patreon we have a ton of bonus content up there stuff that comes out every week multiple days a week at patreon.com slash super npc radio the newest edition is stario chart the video game astrology podcast where Tyler Schnupp and Brent Flyberg uh, have a guest on, talk about a video game character and look all over their astrology chart and try to pin them down. Um, that's another great one that we have now. Uh, the show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You can find him and uh, his show, Video Games a Comedy Show, of which Adrian has been a guest before. Anywhere you get your shows and on the network too. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. And I haven't been streaming much, but you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. That'll do it for this episode of call me by your game. We will see you on the next one.